Hey everyone, welcome to today's Take Heart. Hope you're doing all right. A whole bunch of us here in Watford are reading through John's Gospel, just as a really practical way of sticking close to Jesus during these days. Today's reading is the story of Jesus at the Last Supper, and he announces to everyone's amazement, to everyone's kind of shock really, that one of the gang, one of the crew, one of the team, one of these um, 12 disciples who have journeyed with him through all sorts of challenges over three years, who have shared life with him, one of them is going to betray him. And he says in John chapter 13 verse 20, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, very truly I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. And they look at each other unable to kind of like, they just stared at each other, we're told. And, and then Peter says to John, ask him who he means. Presumably this is while the meal is happening. And, and John leans back against Jesus and whispers to him, who? And Jesus whispers back, the one I give the bread to. And he hands Judas, who the commentary suggests is sitting on his left in the place of honour. He hands Judas some bread and then Judas goes off into the night to betray him. Now what does this tell us about Jesus? It says a whole load of things. One of the things it says is that Jesus understands and Jesus was on the receiving end of one of the worst things can, that can ever happen in a relationship, a, a close friendship. He was betrayed. And in the medieval paintings of this, of the Last Supper, I don't know if you've ever seen any, but they're almost comical really in their portrayal of Judas because they make him out to be this this caricature evil person and they you know he's giving Jesus evil eyes at the last supper and he's got a big bag of money and his body language is all sort of suggesting betrayal but clearly from the from the response of the disciples you know they didn't know who was going to do it Judas was one of them and when an enemy comes for you that's an attack but when a, when a friend turns on you that's called betrayal Somebody who should have had your back because they were a parent or because they were a friend or they were a partner. Someone who should have been loyal, who should have been faithful, who should have been working for our best interests. Suddenly we find has been deceptive and has, has, has been disloyal and has turned on us. That kind of pain is like almost nothing else, I think. And one of the things that I find tremendously comforting about being a worshipper and a follower of Jesus, is that he understands what that is like from the inside. He's experienced it. And so I can come to him if I ever find myself in that position. And what I, what I meet in Jesus, who I meet in Jesus, is someone who can, in the same way that if I'm wandering in a confused kind of like street and it's nighttime and I've no idea where I am and I happen across a friend who says, I've been here before, I can show you the way out. In the same way, I can come to Jesus with that pain and that confusion and, and the fear and everything, the anger that, that comes up in, in a moment like that. And I can hear him say to me, I've been here before, Andy, and I know the way out. I can guide you to a place where you're free of bitterness and where you can begin to heal. Jesus has experienced betrayal. So he's a great person to come to when we've experienced the same. And the other thing that just struck me as I was reading it is it says um, he's deeply troubled in this moment. And what that tells us is that hurt and being troubled and, and het up and, and full of angst and all sorts of stuff like that, that's part of the journey with this. 
Jesus is not dispassionate. He's not impartial. He's not floating around kind of um, just unaffected by what Judas is going to do. He's deeply grieved by it because Jesus has genuinely given his heart to Judas. You know, when, whenever we love someone, we open ourselves up to hurt. That's the only way you can love deeply is, is to be vulnerable. And um, I don't know about you, but I just find that for, for me just um, freeing. There's no shame in being devastated. There's, there's no shame in admitting that this has really affected me. That's part of what it is to be involved in relationships and actually acknowledging that hurt and that shock uh, um, and, and the effect it's had on us and, and being honest with ourselves and maybe with one or two people we're close with about that is the starting process for healing. So on a surface level, Jesus experiences betrayal in, in a relationship and that can speak to us when we're in a similar position. But as always with John, there are these layers to what we can, what we can get from a passage. And the other thing that's kind of worth noting is that Jesus knows this is going to happen. He quotes a psalm just before, Psalm 41, saying, you know, one who, one who I share my bread with is going to turn on me, lift his heel up against me. He, he knows this is coming and he knows who's going to do it. And that shows us, first of all, the sovereignty, the, the, the all-knowingness of God, the supremacy of God, the supremacy of Jesus. Um, you know, he says to them at one point, I'm telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe I am who I am. In other words, he's quoting the name that God gave uh, to, to himself, the name that God revealed about himself to Moses at the burning bush. I am who I am. I am. He's saying, I'm telling you now so that you will never doubt that I'm God. You know, this happened to me, but don't for a moment think that I didn't know about it. Don't for a moment think that I didn't allow it to happen. I am God and I am king and I rule and reign. And um, we're told that Jesus says to Judas, you know, what you're going to do, do quickly. No one else understands really what he's getting at. But even as Judas partners with Satan, you see that he's only going out at the command of Jesus. What you're going to do, do it quickly. And we're told in this kind of profound picture, Judas leaves and then John just says, and it was night. And it's as if darkness has fallen, because it has, literally, but metaphorically as well. Darkness has fallen. Judas has sided with the powers of darkness. Darkness is rushing towards Jesus. It's rushing to attack him, and he knows it's coming. But um, at the same time as we see that happening, we also are aware of the bigger picture that this darkness that's attacking is really God is encompassing it into his plan for freedom. And he is going to turn the worst thing that could happen to, to him into the best thing he could ever do for us. Paul writes about how we know that God works together in all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And as I sit and look at this picture of Jesus and you stand back and remember the way that he's introduced to us, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. It's a reminder to each of us, I think, that whatever personal darkness we might be journeying through, God does work all things together for the good of those who love him. We see his sovereignty, but also we see his love. Jesus knows Judas is going to betray him. And he washes Judas's feet just before this. this. The next place those feet go is to betray him to his enemies. And Jesus still washes them. 
He knows Judas is going to betray him and yet he seats him in the place of honour next to him and he hands him the bread which was a symbol of honour. And even that, you just see the love of the love of Jesus for Judas. Like John says, who is it? And Jesus exposes Judas in that moment. He says it's Judas, but even in the way he exposes Judas, he does it by honouring him, by, by blessing him with this, this piece of bread. And... Um, what it says to me is as I kind of compare myself sometimes to Jesus and you just see the differences are so obvious, aren't they? Like if I know someone's going to betray me, I'll try and get there first if, I, if I'm having a bad day. And if I'm having a very good day, I might be neutral. You know, I might sort of like, OK, I won't be aggressive, but I'm certainly not going to be kind. Jesus knows Judas is going to betray him. And what he is, is he's loving towards him just incredibly kind of making these overtures of love to him in so many ways and it's just really the living embodiment of what he says when he says I haven't come into the world to condemn the world but to save the world and this beauty of the love of Jesus is there not just for Judas but for all of us he came looking for all of us and uh, he came looking for all of us when we were turned away from him and when we were lost in our sin for want of a better way of putting it paul puts it like this in romans 5 verse 8 but god demonstrates his own love for us in this that whilst we were still sinners christ died for us think about it it's not when we got our lives sorted he died for us but while we were in the mess such is his love and his love is not conditional now that we've said yes to him and come to know him it's as sure as the sunrise however we do today his love for us is steadfast and secure. He loves us not because we're good, but because he is. This is the Jesus that we follow. Isn't he amazing?